0: Welcome to Taking Action.
1: The podcast focused on optimising performance through simple actions hosted by
0: Louis, a high performance coach for athletes
1: and Christy, a mindset and confidence coach.
0: Hey guys and welcome back to another episode. Today Christy and I are going to be talking to Freya. Freya is an Olympic weightlifter and also a coach. She has PT Christy for for a number of months and has brought her technique on incredibly so, so Christy why why did we choose to to talk to Freya because this is this is your connection you're the one that's kind of made this happen
1: yeah absolutely so Freya I mean firstly thank you so much for everything you've done for me personally but also coming on to the podcast today it's great to have you I kind of I heard of Freya through Rocket Power initially. She was a Rocket Power athlete back in the day. Watched her from afar over Instagram, which sounds kind of creepy, but just was phenomenally impressed. And then you launched Taking On Clients, didn't you, Freya? Was it last year?
2: Uh, Yeah, December last year. Yeah, Yeah. And I
1: was like, I need to get me some help. And Reached out to Freya and was quite embarrassed, I must admit, to (laughs) take that step. But she literally took me on and has been the most kind of patient, kind, experienced coach to help me to get where I am today. But not only is she an amazing coach, but she's an incredible athlete, which is why I wanted to bring her on because at 23, are you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 23, she's achieved so so much against some kind of challenges as well so I really kind of want to dig in today about that but welcome Freya and thank you for coming on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me. Um,
2: I don't even know where to start. Um, With like my whole, since being little I've always been into sport so that's always been like the main thing that I've done I've tried nearly everything you can think of but I always stuck to uh, gymnastics that was kind of I always did that and then tried other stuff on the side but always came back to gymnastics and I still do a little bit now even though my coach hates me for it I just <laughs> as long as he doesn't see me it's fine <laughs> um yeah and then I got into CrossFit when I was about 16 um hated cardio so stuck with the weightlifting and then kind of done that ever since and I've always been a really competitive person and if I'm not good at it I just won't do it and then like I said anything to do with competition I'm like okay put me in I'll do it but if I know that I don't want to do it then I just won't um when I was younger I started out doing dancing, and I think I cried going onto the stage. Went and did my performance, walked off being like five years old. Went up to my mum and was like, "Don't like it, not doing it again." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Class.
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah. Sorry, carry uh, on. And then just it's just weightlifting ever since then, really.
0: Mega. So, so with the weightlifting side, what is it that you've accomplished so far up to this point?
2: since I started weightlifting it's gone from like naught to zero and it's not even slowing down like the the past like five years of weightlifting has just like it's all happened so quick and I didn't realize how fast time could go like I've been in I've been in I've been doing CrossFit weightlifting for like seven years now and it literally feels like last year that I just started it it's crazy so the first kind of weightlifting competition i ever experienced was actually just for crossfitters so i think it was like a chance for crossfitters to have a go see what weightlifting competitions were like so that they could enter themselves into like a proper weightlifting uh, competition and i think i would just turn 16 it was a few months after my 16th birthday one of the coaches put me in and I I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was like wearing my gymnastics leotard. Do you know (laughs) (laughs) some little shorts? But from then I can't I can't even remember how I felt or anything because it just felt so long ago. But I clearly enjoyed it to be able to put myself into other competitions. And I think when I decided that I wanted to do weightlifting full-time in that summer of whatever year it was, 2015 maybe. Um, was the British so I wanted to qualify for that and then I qualified ended up going within and I was like oh great and then doing that competition qualified me for my first international competition which were like six months after so like in the space of a year I've like done the British and going to my first international and it's just like what is happening right now? (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Yeah um, like with weightlifting competitions, there's always the British, the English, the um, Europeans, depending on your age, there'll be uh, like an age group, Europeans, um, and then a World Championships, and then every four years, it's the Olympics. And every four years, again, but two years after the
1: Olympics is the Commonwealth
2: Games. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that sticks out for me as well, Rose, because you would have been quite young at that, that stage, and yes winning I guess is probably that cherry on the on the cake isn't it but actually you've had such a plethora of competition experience so what was it particularly was it winning that kind of sticks out for you or um
2: I don't know so like I from gymnastics I've always been in competitions and it's all it's I did artistic gymnastics so it was like individual anyway so I kind of already knew what a competition felt like with the adrenaline and stuff Um, obviously lifting weights to throwing yourself around is a bit uh. different but it, it's kind of like the same adrenaline rush that that you get um I like winning <laughs> so that just that did just help but going to competitions like excites me like that adrenaline feeling just like I always try to get it like even when I'm in my training I just like that feeling which
1: some people absolutely hate but I was gonna say like so many people who I've worked with have said to me how do I channel my nerves how do I contain my energy how do I get the best performance when I'm feeling like I'm absolutely bricking it what would you say kind of your best piece of advice is for getting that feeling but using it to be kind of a champion athlete
2: yeah um so obviously you need the adrenaline rush to be able to lift weights anyway, because it it makes you stronger without making you stronger, if that makes sense. I think handling it is trying to put yourself in like your own bubble. So like you black out everything else that's around you and whatever's in front of you. And it's just like you and the barbell. Um it's hard and it's really hard to explain like how to do that but if you're able to practice it in training or even if you just sat at home like just get yourself into that mindset of how you would set up for a lift and how you would do the lift and also when you're in training like imagining yourself in that scenario as well um Obviously it is completely different when you actually stood on a platform, the lights are on you, everyone else is watching but if you can kind of even get a little bit of that feeling in training then you will slowly learn how to deal with um, that feeling.
1: So it's kind of like a visualisation practice really then, so being able to kind of project a fence almost and being able to just stay in the moment. but. What happens then, because obviously you have the physical elements of adrenaline, like your heart's beating fast, probably sweaty palms, feeling nervous, feeling like you need to go for a wee or whatever. And that comes with its own kind of inner, inner talk, doesn't it? That, OK, what's going to happen? What am I in control of? You know, has your narrative of that self-talk changed over the years as you've developed as an athlete?
2: Um. When I did gymnastics, I can't even remember what was going through my head. When I first started weightlifting, I can't even remember. I think the thing with adrenaline is, you know what's happening in that time. And then Mm -hmm. an hour after you're like, what what was I even doing? Which is really hard to then like self-reflect on how the competition actually went. Unless you can watch the competition back, you ain't got a clue what's happened in that two hours. I think when it comes to competition, visualizing you doing the lift and what I tend to do is think of one or two technical things that help me and then just lift it instead of overthinking Um, I feel like with snatch and clean and jerk I it's different approaches so because the snatch is so technical I will think technical things before I do the lift with clean and jerk you have to think obviously it's still a technical lift but it's so heavy like if you tell yourself it's heavy you're not going to be surprised when you lift it and it does feel heavy.
1: (laughs) Yeah that is a very good point and something that I definitely have uh, learned over the years At trying to trick yourself into thinking oh no this is fine doesn't work. (laughs) Uh, I, I can remember the one thing
2: that the only thing that I remember was at the Commonwealth Games in 2018 the coaches I was sat in like the the warmer period and the coaches came down and like knelt down next to me and like looked at me straight in my eyes and was like this is heavy we've put it on because we know you can do it but it's going to be hard so just do it and I just remember like walking onto the platform and like just walking to the chalk block I looked at the bar and I was like Oh my God, This is gonna feel like death. This is gonna be so heavy. But then I just did it and it did feel like death and it did feel heavy. But because I already kind of knew how it was gonna feel, it it enabled me to like just push through it.
1: Yeah, so preparation with that. And maybe an element of kind of self-belief for sure, but also other people kind of having that belief in you as well. That's such a powerful thing. Yeah,
2: and I think, it's so easy to forget like how many people are actually
1: supporting you. Mm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Can we just quickly quantify the loads that you're talking about here? So,
1: what, <laughs> Don't what, know it because your ego is about to be burst. <laughs> I'm, I'm,
0: I'm fine with that. So <laughs> what, what weight do you compete at? Uh,
2: 55 kilos.
0: And then what's your current PB clean and jerk? Uh,
2: I've done... Uh, 110 clean and jerk and
0: I've done 112 clean nice and snatch
2: 88
0: wicked so so you've got you can double body weight pull from the ground to overhead and what nearly double body weight
2: yeah, one and a half one and 50. a half yeah, yeah. 1.7 <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, snatch that's that's insane <laughs> yeah that, that's that's really impressive so for me, that would be the equivalent of putting one eighty above my head, which just <laughs> <laughs> is not going to happen.
2: Never say never.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, I don't. I don't try hard enough for that to ever happen. If we, so what I what I've taken from your kind of your journey is it sounds very much like you've always been into individual sports. Do do you feel like? the the pressure and a solitude to that presents its own challenges compared to to say a team sport
2: um yeah from my side of it I'd hate to lose because of someone else and that is really not like a team player attitude but I the thought of it literally just cringes me out like I can't my head just can't get around it whereas if like if it's an individual sport you've not won because because of you like anything you've done it it, it's you so I feel like I can live with that a lot more than putting the blame on someone else
1: what I love about what you've just said Freya is that you haven't said I would hate to win based on someone else or I would hate to lose on behalf of the team i.e I'm the reason why the team has lost you have such a champion mindset in your own narrative that you are literally like I'm a winner and (laughs) I'm not letting anybody touch that and it's so powerful to be around because a lot of athletes I've worked with have been very much on the brink of kind of having that confidence but also holding themselves back and like you've literally full-on in gone yeah now I know what I'm capable of (laughs) I love it
0: yeah yeah (laughs) i think a lot of people are quite insecure around that area and and they don't want to be the problem whereas exactly like you said there christy like to have that self-awareness to go i'm gonna own this you're either with me or you're not like it's class
2: yeah
0: so on that on that journey then like throughout these years to to now you're what 23 like what's the biggest lesson you've learned so whether that's from competition from training or just any aspect of this elite uh, elite athlete lifestyle
2: probably taking the rest when you need it has been one of the biggest things and i'm seven years in and still hate it but i've kind of learned to just to deal with it and it is what you have to do to be able to improve it's the the hardest time ever because you don't know what to do with yourself but and it's also hard coming back from having a rest but if you if you don't take that rest your body needs that's kind of when like injuries are more prone or you might go to a competition and then you might not do as well and it's because maybe two months ago you didn't take that week off that you actually needed that's probably been the biggest lesson
0: what, what's a standard training week look like for you like three on one off two on one off
2: uh, so I've just started a new block um at the minute I train five days a week and three of them sessions are double sessions. Obviously, when it gets closer to competition, the volume comes down and the training days might change a bit. But when I'm doing like a strength block or a volume block, it is usually two or three days or twice the day and then once the other days. I do normally always take two days off of training in the week, though.
1: That's awesome and something that I know a lot of our audience will have the similar mindset about you know seeing rest as a challenge I know I've had to overcome that personally and I've just moved into having two days of rest and the difference is amazing and it just means that your habits in other areas your your sleep's going to be better you're able to concentrate in other areas as well so yeah I totally kind of understand that
2: on your rest days they don't have to be like full rest like you could go for a walk like it's it's not it's that's probably going to do you more than just sat doing nothing anyway
1: I think it is the it's how you label, isn't it? When you say, label things, rest, it has a connotation sometimes, depending on your experiences of kind of laziness or lethargy. When actually, if you label it as a recovery day, in an athlete mindset, it's that's your body needing what it needs to be able to perform, isn't it? And I always get to
2: rest day and be like, I definitely need this day doing doing nothing.
1: <laughs> and Louie and I spoke about this in our kind of first season of the podcast about kind of habits that help you know high performance and we couldn't emphasize enough about rest really and those kind of fundamentals eating well hydration sleeping like that underpins any kind of athletic ambition really doesn't it
2: yeah definitely yeah
1: awesome so you've had some epic achievements but what have been your kind of struggles on the way and and how have you kind of overcome those
2: um a few years ago, well, when I first started, weightlifting was actually, it got, it had a little bit of funding from UK Sport, and I think I got, like, the back end of it, so I was funded. It weren't really anything, but at the time, when you're that young, any money is is nice to have in your bank. So we had that, and I think I only had it for six months, and I ended up moving to Loughborough, which is, like, an hour and a half from uh, from where I live. Uh, just to train with the GB coaches so I had that for like a year maybe and then all of a sudden it all just got cut off like there was no slowly coming out of it it was like after the Commonwealth that's it I moved back home I had to find a job I had to find where I was going to train and it was kind of like I had a really nice year of being a full-time athlete to then coming back home and trying to find out what I actually wanted to do I obviously knew that weightlifting was always what I wanted but without being funded it was trying to find the time to to train like a full-time athlete so that that's probably been um like the main struggle Mm -hmm. um I think the main thing now is I live so far away from my coach so everything is online and it is easy to do online because I'm an online coach anyway, but just having that one-to-one sometimes makes a massive difference. Like, you know, if I'm having the, the online one-to-ones, just that one hour can make a massive difference. So that there is a good side to that though, because it's, it's made me become probably the coach I am now, like understanding how certain things need to be while not having my actual coach next to me I kind of know what to look out for a bit more instead of being like reliant on a coach telling me what was wrong with my lift so I guess it's kind of a blessing but not at the same time
1: yeah so- and I'm sure Louie can probably lean into that a little bit because you you him and I also had kind of online work initially particularly during lockdown I don't know what your thoughts are Lou.
0: Yeah, so what you're saying there is you, like having that autonomy over your over your own training now is is probably huge. I mean, from a from a competitive level, it would probably be nice just to have that person there in real life, like putting you into the right positions and watching your lifts and giving you the, kind of that feedback there and then. But the fact that you're making it work at the level you're at now shows shows that it works and however you're doing it is is good and it's working
2: it probably takes a little bit longer because my coach could tell me to do something but then he might I'd send him a video but he might not get back to me like Mm. within a few days and that session's already been and gone and I'm already on to my next one but it just means that when I do go and see him them hours are like good hours to have with him
0: yeah, and to go back to what you said on the funding being cut from from the GB weightlifting team, like, personally, I think that in itself is, is a bit of a joke. Like, how we're expecting athletes to compete at the highest level, yet we're not supporting them. Like, for me, that's that's an area that needs to be addressed.
2: The thing is, so, the, the UK sport, they want you to get medals before you've even got the funding. So it's kind of like a massive circle is where we need the funding to get the medals, but if you've not got the medals, you don't get the funding. Yeah. It, so it's it almost just, like you
0: need to outsource your own sponsors Yeah, to, to get you through to that point. And then all of a sudden they'll, they'll find the money for you. It just, it, to me, it just feels like a bit of a broken system.
2: Yeah. But it, it does show like how, well all the gb girls are doing like we've we've come away from the world championships with medals and top 10 like all the girls got top 10 and medals at the olympics we ended up this it's the first olympic medal for a woman we've, we've mm. won. so if we can go back to uk sport and be like look how well we're doing without your support imagine what we could be doing with your support
0: yeah, and and there's talks of boxing and weightlifting getting taken from the the Olympics, isn't there?
2: Yeah, um, there is. So it's been like provisionally taken out. So there is like a pathway that the IWF need, to, the International Weightlifting Federation, need to follow to be able to make sure that it is back in the Olympics in 2028. But there's so much corruption. Like you just you can't even predict what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, that's infuriating. When I, when I read that the other day, like to me, they're and I think the other one was modern pentathlon, which Christian know a lot more about than I do. But boxing and weightlifting are, are two iconic Olympic sports.
2: Weightlifting's been in the Olympics since I can even remember. Like yeah. it is, it is the Olympics.
1: <laughs> it's called Olympic weightlifting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know it shows your you know testament of character again, for Like to. Continue to remain focused on the task in hand, to remain focused on your journey, and not get influenced by all these external factors, and just keep showing up, keep putting the work in. Because you know, in, in my experience, competing at a, a young age, even in horse riding, there's a lot of external factors that can throw you off your course and make you doubt yourself, make you doubt the, the journey that you're on. But you've just kind of continued to show up and and crack on, and I think that's such a testament to you. And even you know listening again to how you're talking about this just how you're flipping these things into positives you know how you're flipping your lack of funding but also your kind of online coaching experiences and and geographical challenges (laughs) you're just flipping them on their head on its head and I think that's that's amazing but thinking more about kind of the the pressures and what's in front of you not only kind of on the platform but in life like How are you adopting this mindset? How are you coping with this pressure? What do you do daily that enables you to carry on? Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer
2: that. I think, like, with weightlifting, you have to enjoy it and you have to enjoy the whole journey of it. Like, competing is amazing, but if you're not enjoying the training, you're not even going to get to the competition. So, it like, competitions are fun, but they're, like they're the bonuses from the training that we put in every day so I just think if, if you're not really enjoying it then you're kind of stopping yourself from improving then
1: yeah and and Louis you know always echoes this don't you though about knowing what your why is behind it all and particularly what you're saying there you have to you have to love it you know you're not going to put all of your effort into something that you don't love
0: yeah, so something I'm picking up from you, Freya, is that it seems like this this elite athlete, this this kind of champion lifestyle is almost effortless for you. It's almost just, it's so who you are that you it doesn't actually require you to do much outside of what you do anyway to, to maintain it. Like the way you talk, the way you think, it's not like you need to, it's not like you're actively practicing this stuff to go on, I'm, I'm dedicating this to some mindset time. It's almost like it's just a part of who you are is that is that Fed say
2: yeah
0: yeah I think so I don't know yeah it's, pro- it's probably <laughs> why that, like, I, I saw you struggling with that question and, yeah. I and, I, and I think it's just because it's you don't do anything to be how you are you're just who you are and that, yeah. and that person just like you you're just you have this growth mindset just ingrained in you that just kind of flows through the way you speak the way you act and what you do which is which is amazing to see because that's quite rare
2: I don't even know what to say to it because I I don't feel like I, I do anything like like you said like it all does just come naturally and obviously that is a massive help with being an athlete and I know that that's what some people struggle with but when it just comes naturally it is hard to explain
1: because I just feel like I'm just being me. Yeah, so That energy as a coach is also infectious and you know when thinking about what you need from a coach though for me particularly and personally Louis knows that I've struggled with self-confidence before and a lot of it is having someone kind of give you the nudge and you never question you never you, you never say why are you doubting or anything like that it's come on you can do it and yeah. that for me as as a coach is so important and all three of us sat here we all coach in different ways and each person that comes to us is, is very unique but I think being coached by you has shown me how important it is to have belief in yourself but also believe in your clients. I think like with what I love about coaching as well
2: is that the clients that you have like inspire you more than more than what you'd ever think like I could be having a bad day and you'd send me a video and be like a PB my hand clean and I'm like yes (laughs) now I want to go train
1: (laughs) yeah it's so true isn't it like I had a a chat with some of my ladies last night we're coming up to Christmas now and one of them said like thank you you know so much for getting me through this year I nearly gave up so many times and you're like I'm sat here struggling to do some work today and I was like nope that's exactly what I needed to hear get on with it Christy but you're so right so, had, oh, oh, no, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, what Louis saying about kind of it's just so ingrained in you to kind of do the do and be in this mindset. What does your kind of standard day look like? Like, when do you train? What do you eat? Like, what is your your natural routine?
2: Um, I usually wake up around seven, half seven, and I'm one of these that's like really bad at just laying in bed and scrolling through my phone but I have an excuse for that so some of my clients are like from different countries so I'll wake up to like messages from them so it's not just like I'm scrolling through Instagram, whatever I am actually scrolling looking through their videos I <laughs> um just because of the time
1: difference <laughs> sure you um, you justify it chick whatever
2: <laughs> yeah but I I'm also like a morning person so like once I'm up I'm up like I don't I find it really hard to, to chill for, for a long time in the morning, but I also go to bed like early as well. I'm like an old woman. <laughs> um. <laughs> You've cracked it.
1: That's exactly yeah. the, that, that's the key, isn't it? Go to bed early, wake up early.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I also feel like if you're getting up early, you get the day then. So you can get so much more done. Yeah, so anyway, I get up, uh, have my coffee and my biscuits, every morning (laughs) what biscuits I don't know what they're called but they've got like cream inside them (laughs) yeah like the the highest calories that you can find
1: (laughs) nutrition 101 everyone custard creams for breakfast (laughs) hope
2: my nutritionist isn't listening (laughs) (laughs) um so like today I've I've got two sessions, so I did my training session this morning. I had a one-to-one client have a bit of dinner or whatever. Then I've got another client later on, and then I'll go do my second session, eat, and then go to bed. But it, it depends. Like, every day is kind of different, and because I work for myself, I can kind of work my clients around my training and my food and competitions and everything. So each day is a little bit different from the next, Um and like i still i go for like massages every other week and i i did this thing the other week uh, the other day called float therapy um you you lay in like this pod and it's full of like salt water and you just float for an hour it's so weird
1: <laughs> but tell me like, what you were thinking about for an hour floating what was going through your mind
2: thought, at first i thought this is going to be a very long hour like being on your own in water floating in in the dark so many things are going to come up and I'm not ready for it <laughs> but it I don't know it sometimes it's only the first one that I've done and I am going to go back so I think my experience every time will be different um but it's just an hour of just you and yourself like you're away from your phone you're away from everyone and it it's it's apparently supposed to be really good for you I I think I fell asleep for some of it but I don't actually know because I felt awake but my mind was somewhere else um this sounds interesting yeah I'd recommend it to everyone like I'm going to carry on doing it just to see how much like it affects me or benefits me and my training just that hour relaxed not not doing anything like you're just
0: floating. It's so weird. <laughs> so so the, the theory behind these tanks is what you were saying there. It's 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 about massive stress reduction, and they say that recovery is heightened when stress when stress is lowered. So that's why that's why they exist to to get you into this state of almost like an hour long meditative state where you just lay there, do nothing, and you it allows you to think deeply. And just by doing that and taking an hour to yourself aids recovery.
2: What's interesting? What's interesting me the most about it is seeing because I'm like I'm not in a competition phase at the minute. Like it is just a strength block. So I think going for it now and then going for one like closer to competition. I think it would be really interesting to to see how different the sessions are um, mm. closer to competition rather than the start of a training block
0: yeah for sure do you do have you done any cold therapy alongside that have you done any like cryotherapy or anything
2: yeah I've done it once I absolutely hated it like no way I was like shaking I couldn't even like oh is the worst thing ever obviously it's going to benefit your loads but I am not a cold person whatsoever like stick me somewhere nice and warm go ahead <laughs> Stick me in a freezing cold tube for however long, five minutes. No,
0: <laughs> not a happy Freya. How, how long are your, are your training sessions? Like, so you, when you've got these two a days, how long is each one?
2: Uh, the first one this morning was just under an hour and a half. And then my second one will probably, depends how long I take for rest, but the second one might be the same, a little less. Okay. Um,
0: and then what the calories if, look like?
2: If I've just got one,
0: what? How? What sort of calories are you on a day?
2: Uh, at the minute, I'm not sure.
0: Okay. But
2: um, when I'm bulking, so I I start my bulk after Christmas, basically, which I'm probably not even going to need to bulk after Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think my nutritionist is going to start me on uh, like just over two thousand, and then we'll work up to probably. Close to three thousand, maybe just under. Uh, last time I did a bulk, I was bulking on two thousand six hundred. I think it was round, round about that. But it's it's really working with a nutritionist has been really interesting because when I first started working with them, I used to really struggle to eat two thousand calories, and I don't know if it was like more of a mental thing than an actual physical thing. But if it's mentally hard. It still makes it physically hard because your body's trying to stop you from eating whereas now I'm like give me 2500 calories all day long
1: <laughs> yeah I can't express that enough as well like personal experience working with Louis like the mindset shift that you go through with nutrition I think particularly as a woman like there is that own kind of weight to it but you know as someone who enjoys sport enjoys being competitive like you have to nail that side of it you know yeah. if you it's just the, the biggest foundational block isn't it to performance and, if and you- I I cut weight as well
2: and every time I've done a cut for a competition I've been able to cut on more calories but still drop to 55 which like it's completely blown my mind when I first started cutting to 55 like closer to competition I'd be on like 1,500 for the for the world championships I got to 55 kilos eating 2,000 calories like it it completely blows
1: my mind <laughs> put the faith in the coach and let the science do the work yeah. it's just amazing isn't it yeah definitely yeah, yeah. So
0: for Freya, it's kind of it's kind of around this all up is there anything like you'd like to to share with the world like whether it be a message to everyone listening or like whatever your philosophy is like is there just a kind of kind of way for you to sum up your ethos I guess that you feel like could be beneficial
2: um I think it's just going back to the point of just enjoying not even just a sport but just enjoying life obviously when you're in a sport if you're not enjoying your actual life side it is going to benefit your training side to it, and I think over the past two, three years, that's something that I've like really gotten into. Sort sorting your life out. Obviously, it don't have to be perfect. No one's life is perfect, but like making sure that you're first in your own life, and then everything else just kind of like follows, follows onto that. You, you do get some people that say life's not all about you and. I I can't even tell you the amount of times that people have said that to me but I'm enjoying life so it's obviously
1: working for you <laughs> yeah. so go get it girl like I think yeah. it's it's how people frame it isn't it you know at the end of the day you're a phenomenal athlete you're young you've got a lot in front of you that you want to achieve and you have everything within you to be able to do it so if it means being laser focused and cutting things out of your life to allow you to do that whether people perceive that as selfish or egotistical that's their perception and if you like you say if it's allowing you to achieve what you want to achieve and you're not hurting people on the way then it's I be think dying. it
2: also kind of like if people think that about you then they don't really like deserve to be in your life anyway like m- my best friend we've been best mates since we were like 10 years old and she's not into sports she's she doesn't she's she doesn't do any sports she's she goes to the gym sometimes but she's never once turned around to me and said oh you shouldn't be doing that or like is it worth it like she's fully supported it all the way and she doesn't get it
1: yeah and I think a big kind of element within coaching with Christy for me is social support for another foundation for everything really like whether it's your friends whether it's your family whether it's you know people in business or or your kind of athletic surrounding like people should be in support of you whether they understand it or not it's massive part of kind of being able to progress so I'm really pleased that you've got that within you to be able to say this is what I need to do for me because a lot of people struggle with that.
0: Yeah I think I think at 23 to have the self-awareness to, to put yourself first is absolutely huge that's something i'm only kind of just learning now at, at 31 nearly 32 so yeah and i think that's a testament to your to your work ethic and that's kind of what got you to where you are now just like so quickly so yeah i think i think this is a good place to wrap up for unless there's anything else from you
2: I don't think
0: so no? cool well guys thank you for listening and until next time we'll speak to you soon Thank you for listening.
1: For more content, follow us on Instagram. At LP Performance Coach. And at Coaching with Christie.